This is the I Make a Living podcast brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. Today, we are doing a special bonus episode with tech tips for those of you who are working from home during this pandemic. Our guest for today is Jenny Ren Stotrup. Jenny Ren Stotrup is an audio producer, musician, storyteller, and podcast advocate based in Portland, Oregon. Through her company, Gritty Birds, Jenny focuses on supporting businesses and journalists to develop and implement great content strategy, systems, and sound. Jenny, Ren, my friend, thank you so much for being here. It's so good to be here, Damona. People need help. I need help. We all need help. (laughs) So we went from like two weeks ago, we were like, la, 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 la. I'm just going on about my day. And now I, I don't know about where you are in Portland, but here in LA, we are on total lockdown. Like we are cannot leave the house unless we're going to the grocery store or checking on relatives or any essential movement. So we have had to adapt very quickly. How are you adapting here? (laughs) I'm adapting pretty well because this is very much my life. Uh, I am kind of one of those 50-50 intro-outroverts. So like, I really like leaving the house and hanging out with friends every day or like getting out on the weekends or... Like when I'm traveling, I see a lot of people, but like I've gotten used to being alone during the day. So it's not quite so shocking. However, it's still very, it's very odd. Let's talk first for a lot of our listeners that are suddenly now finding themselves working from home and many of them managing teams. Like the business doesn't stop. We still need to make money. And running our own businesses, the money don't get made if we just we just go home and cover our head with a blanket and pretend like it's not happening. Right. It's not vacation. This is not time to go run around and play. It's time to get to work. But it's time to also get to work with a large learning curve. Yes. So let's let's make that learning curve a little bit easier for okay. our listeners today. Because I have seen I, I podcast, I have a studio in my house. I podcast from here. i I also have worked from home for many years. I'm kind of an extra I'm a pretty high extrovert. So that's <laughs> that was I went through this, but I had like several years to acclimate. But I also had several years to learn a lot of these tools. And I've been shocked by how little people know about the technology that's available today. So I want to just like give everybody what you've probably learned in many years of Mm -hmm. helping people as a podcast advocate and coach and audio Mm -hmm. producer and all that. And what I've known, what I have, have had to learn myself. Let's just start with the basics. You have a team that needs to connect. Right. You have a team that needs to connect virtually. Virtually. And I, right now you're looking at your streaming services and this is the number one thing that people are contacting me about. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're figuring out ways to do it just like all of us have, but some of them work differently and better than others for different uses. And when you look at the conferencing right now, Zoom is the number one that is out there, but the problem with it, and this this hit yesterday, it is very faulty and it doesn't always want to play along. So you're already dealing with like kind of iffy audio, but there's a lot of breaks. Like, yes, when I was doing a consult yesterday, there was this point where we had just a lot of dropouts. And when you're having a meeting and it's hard to keep up with what's going on, Zoom is still kind of challenging for that. So You can use Zoom, but there are other options as well if you have smaller teams. 
I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely noticed. I just want to acknowledge on Zoom because I was actually a very early Zoom adopter. Back then, everybody was doing Skype. And funny enough, like Skype didn't have a lot of the functionality like recording meetings and that sort of thing. And now all of that's become standard on Skype, but like I had already moved over to Zoom. But as Zoom got more popular, even in the last year or two, I've seen the quality degrade. And this is because we have to consider both our internet speed and then also their server capabilities, right? Right. Because we're dealing with the fact that right now, I noticed a difference in streaming between one o'clock in the day and five o'clock in the day. Five o'clock was way easier. So smart thing to do. Let's say people are using Zoom. I do want to talk about the alternatives, but first let's just talk about if you're using Zoom. Mm-hmm. Best practices, be hardwired to the internet. Be now that internet. might require an adapter. I know we can't go to the store to get whatever. People are like, oh, Amazon's not delivering. They are delivering. Right. You just may, if it's not an essential thing, it may be a delay. So you can still order from Amazon, but you can order from any of these other businesses that would gladly have your money to be able to ship the product to you, but you might need an adapter to plug into your computer. Now we're hardwired. Let's also talk about bandwidth. There's one other thing you can do. Yes. And this might not make the kids happy, is if your work is essential, if you absolutely need to do a call and you've got four people in your house... You really can say, hey, kids, I have a meeting, and during this hour, you're not going to use your your devices because the less that you have running it from multiple devices, the better. And that's a hard call, and that's not an easy one, and I'm not fighting anyone to try to get there. But if in the meantime, you really need to have these calls, you can make that call in your family. Right. And they can download media in advance so that they can be offline during that time. Right. But I do that. I definitely do this at home, too. Like, if I'm doing a big interview and I just want to make sure there's no problems, I'll say to my husband, like, please don't stream during this hour just in case. Other best practices in terms of your own computer, you talked about cleaning it out. What do you mean by that? So for cleaning out your computer, what you're thinking about is that your computer runs on a certain amount of gigabytes just to process, right? And then you have your storage. And then you also have your RAM, which is your random access memory. So it's what's keeping the programs open. And if you don't have enough storage, your computer is not going to run very well. And if you have way too many programs that are pulling information even digitally, like online, they're they're going to slow things down. And then you're also going to have issues with RAM if you have too many programs open. So if before you're going to run something like Zoom, uh, if you have only four gigs of space, you should really only have one program open at a time. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't have a lot of tabs open. If you have eight gigs, you can have two of them. But one is still probably best. I mean, or, or you could have Zoom and your desktop open. And then finally, if you you want to make sure that you are having, maybe before you get anything else, is getting a backup drive so that if you do have some of these that you're recording or you have more space or you're having, having to have more on your home computer, that you're able to save it off loading. Because there's programs, and for me, I use Clean My Mac, and there's a lot of other ones you can search that are going to keep you so that you have over... 25 gigs 
of usable memory. And that memory is just what's happening to run your computer. And that's going to help a lot. But if you get below that, your computer is going to start crashing. You're going to notice that things are quitting by themselves. It's just not going to be working very fast. And same thing if you have four programs open, things are just going to be like running down and slowing down. They're just not going to be able to handle it. This is as good a time as any, I guess, because I I keep looking at that memory being like, clear out your computer, clean out your computer. And I'm like, when, when I don't have any time, but hey, look at us now. (laughs) The thing that we learn from being like, from being a producer, like the reason that I can say this is because I've had moments where things have crashed in ways that I'm like, oh, that's really bad. And it's learning from that and saying that those preventative measures, because if you can even take 10 minutes a day to say, okay, I'm going to like do a little bit of cleaning. I'm doing that in my house right now. I think a lot of us are cleaning out our houses. You can think of the same concept with your computers. Yes, that's a great, great idea. And I will definitely do that as soon as we are off. So you also can have things that you're saving off to Dropbox. You know, there are programs in both Google and Dropbox, and there's a few others that will allow you to store things online. I have things stored everywhere. I have like <laughs> virtual closets full of things. But yeah, keeping them all organized is always a challenge. I like this. Jenny, I've been on a couple of calls yeah. that have been frustrating to say the least because a lot of the people that are facilitating the calls don't really know how to use the basic tools on Zoom. So like they have all of the microphones open when one person is presenting. And then every time somebody speaks, it goes to that person's microphone or we're hearing everything in the background. What are best practices if you're running a meeting on Zoom or any of these other platforms of how we can like streamline communication and make sure that these experience is as enjoyable as possible for the participants. Yes. Yes. There's two big ones that you can do. And one of them is everyone in your chats should have it saved to their desktop. That app is much better than just going through the computer. They don't have as much functionality and that's huge. The second one is that on the site, if you are the host, there's a whole bunch of settings. And if you go to this main Zoom page, it goes profile, meetings, webinars, recording settings. And in settings, there's a very, there's a couple very, very key ones. And the first one that you want to click is having just an embed password for a meeting one-click join. Like, make it easy, right? That's the first one. The second one is mute participants upon entry. Like, we have to set up a whole new set of guidelines for our our team to work independently or, you know, to be a distributed workforce across various locations and having etiquette the same way you would for staff meetings. Like if you're having meetings in person, it's not just like everybody talks at once. You have an an etiquette. So I like thinking of it in that way. We've talked a lot about Zoom and how to use that tool, but it's not the only tool. And as you were Mm -hmm. saying earlier, it's it's being taxed. There are a lot of people using it. What are some of the other services that you like for this kind of internal communication? Right now I'm liking StreamYard, but I'm seeing that StreamYard is mostly internal. And I know that there are similar programs that act like StreamYard. What you could do in your organizations is it could be like to a specific location and have that be a private, you know, cast. But I know that there's a, there's a lot of virtual summit kind of technology that allows you to do an invite. And I think that really one of the greatest places that organizations can end up using is some of these virtual 
virtual destinations that let you have a lot of people. StreamYard's cool because you can have multiple, multiple people in the conversations. It doesn't work as well for meetings, but like you could hack it in a way if you had group meetings for different organizations. It's not ideal. Zoom is still really the main one there. Yeah. And I think a lot of people now, they're looking for a lot of these free resources, but sometimes the ones right. that you pay for can can be better. I've actually used freeconferencecall.com for my meetings with clients for many years. And for a long time, I used it just as the dial-in number and I would do my phone sessions that way. I like yeah. phone sessions personally over video when I'm working with clients because I find that when we're on video, they are they're not in the conversation as much. They're thinking about what do they look like. They're looking in the webcam. They're looking at. They're like, do I look at you? Do I, and and <laughs> when we can just connect on audio, I find. And then you know you can also. Well, when, I'll just say when they connect on audio, sometimes then we can get deeper into the discussion. So I use free conference call for, for that, but on freeconferencecall.com, you can also do video or you can share docs and share your screen. Ooh, so that's I like this one. And that one is free. That is totally free. Also, I've used um, Cisco WebEx GoToMeeting. That is also a good, it's a little bit more expensive, but again, you get what you pay for. You're going to get probably a more reliable service with more. Right. Um, but I would say you're right about the free is that the ones that I like the most are all ones that I pay for. And it does mean that I have a higher overhead, but it does help me communicate. I want to change change gears a little bit. Because we've talked yeah. about the tools for internal communication, but <laughs> I'm sure just to be like, very direct. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are freaking out right now in terms of having to adapt their businesses. Maybe they have brick and mortar services or they're used to doing something that's more person to person and they're having to completely rethink how they run their business and move to a more online digital model. And this may Mm -hmm. require the need to say market in a different way, market online. What are the best practices that you recommend for like social media marketing or streaming video? Do you think that's a good place to turn right now? I think streaming right now is really hot. I've been testing out different situations. Like there's a new platform called Lula that lets you go straight to Instagram. And if you are able to capture your audience there, and a lot of people who have their spaces and were making money off of Etsy, they weren't only making money off of Etsy. A a great example is any of the people who have markets. So right now it's spring markets. They were creators and they have different, like, you know, crafts that they make. While many of them have a strong Etsy selling, a lot of those Etsy shops or their wholesale market are still going to actual stores. So it comes from even the base part of the people who have stores and are the makers up to the people who have the stores and no longer have the ability to like have it right out front because the bigger sales are still from going to markets and having like Saturday markets or Sunday markets or these places where they're going there and having trade shows essentially that are selling to actual stores. And they're losing a lot of that right now because they don't have it. So we're 
we're still having to figure out, especially as as Amazon's changing their ability to store other people's things in Amazon, like how you're, they're going to be able to warehouse these products, how they're going to be able to distribute these products and still be able to do it in this market. And that's going to be important for their internal systems and also for the shipping situation. So I think that on top of social marketing, like anyone should really be making sure that they have uh, the ability to send it really quickly from their home if they haven't already. And then the next step from that is making sure that you are doing things that feel interactive. Because if you're on social media, you want it, they, it needs to be social, right? So you might have a lot of followers, but you want them to be engaged. So having something that like special, like their promote, the promotion should not be just selling. The promotion should also, a lot of your promotion should just be like connection to people or, you know, something that's funny. Like the growth of TikTok is a really good example. The Edison research that came out on the 19th of March, that was huge for this year because it happened right when everything was falling apart. It was supposed to be in New York and it's a huge growth year for podcasts, but it's also a huge growth year for TikTok. Yeah, I've been trying to figure TikTok. <laughs> I still have not figured out TikTok. I think I, I was trying to figure it out a month ago. And then now that my kids are home, I was like, okay, one of your assignments for, you know, your home learning plan is to teach me TikTok because there's right? like, it's just, a, it's a lot to take in. So I just want to give everyone, um, just the peace of mind to know that you don't have to figure out every platform right no. now. Just figure out what you're figure interested in, and where your audience is, right? Yeah, figure out where your audience is. Choose one and get really into that one. And also reach out one-on-one. There's going to be a huge choice right now to have like where you message a lot of people personally to touch base with them and then also creating fun promotions people need something that gives hope right now Mm, yes and then being creative too and how you're how you're distributing it like you can create online community so I, i know it's really scary for a lot of people right now that have their revenue go down in the last few weeks and don't know what the forecast is going to look like for them as they look to the future. But I guess Mm -hmm. this is a time where we have to, we have to get creative and we'll have to innovate and who knows what, what it'll bring for us for these, for our businesses in the future. If we look at it as a potential opportunity or a forced opportunity to pivot. Yeah. Like I started a, um, a a Slack, like just kind of small group community. And it was something I started in the fall with my workshops. And then I, last week I was just going to extend it anyway. And then as things kept shifting, it was like, this is a really great place. And it's been nice to have totally private. Not everyone uses Slack. So like, I still have, I'm still checking in with like those women and, and there's some other guys who are like, what can I do to help? How can we, you know, help bring those communities? bring those things together? What do, what do virtual happy hours have to do with? Because you no longer can say, okay, the, the joy at the end of the year is we're going to Cancun. So what are the things that you can do to enhance your workplace culture when it's not necessarily the same? Like, what are the things that you're going to do to boost your morale? too for your team members if you aren't a solo one. And if you are with maybe even like one or two members, like what can you do to, you know, make those those adjustments during the hard time until, you know, you're able to 
kind of boost back up or or make those changes as long as they need to be so that you can be in the bunker for as long as you need to. Not, I don't mean an actual bunker. Like, I'm literally sitting in like a bunker right now in my so studio. <laughs> like, like there's a garage on both sides of me. And my my landlord today, because I never go in the house, he like he like texted me. He's like, you got an Amazon package. And I put the mail in a paper bag too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that you're keeping a sense of humor about all of this and that you're continuing also to share your knowledge. And I love the free Fridays, the weekly workshops you're doing that go deeper on a lot of these basic skills that we were talking about and maybe even some more advanced skills. And maybe somebody listening might be interested in promoting their business through a podcast now. So you also offer coaching and consulting and people can mm-hmm. book a time through your website at grittybirds.com, but they should definitely check out grittybirds.com slash free Fridays, which we'll put in the show notes so that they can get in on their invitation to join you for your live workshops. We're all here to help each other. And even though we're separated, we're still together. Thanks, Jenny. I know. Thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. Want to know more about how you can save hours on accounting paperwork and focus more on your business? Head over to freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L to receive an exclusive offer. That's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, short for I Make a Living. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Producing and direction comes from Paco Arizmendi. And I'm your host and producer, Demona Hoffman. I would love to connect with you. I am at Demona Hoffman on all of the socials or at DemonaHoffman.com. We will have our regular episode again next Monday and every Monday thereafter, but look out for these special bonus episodes that will help you in dealing with this pandemic. Thanks for tuning in.